0: Okay, welcome to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. We are starting a little bit earlier than today, 30 minutes earlier. So hopefully you'll still be able to tune in. And if not, you are always welcome to leave a comment in the social media channels that I have. And or if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment there. I'll be sure to answer and address any questions that you may have related to the things I'll be covering today. But lots of big news for the week. Number one. Biden capital gains tax proposal, how it would hit the wealthy. So the Biden has proposed uh, for a 43.4% long-term capital gains increase. As of right now, for those that maybe own stock or have dealt with this before, it's typically at about a 20% capital gains tax plus a 3.8% surtax. So it's kind of a net right now is about 23.8%. So it's a pretty substantial proposal in terms of uh, increases. What's interesting about this is that this is even higher than many um, just even ordinary income. So they're really ta- they're really trying to propose this to tax at some of the highest rates. Now, what do I personally think? I think this is a I don't think it's likely to pass given there's just this is a very big ram- ramification when it comes to um, that kind of massive hike. but. Don't be surprised as well that you may see something in between. I don't think it'll be this amount, but I, I think it would. It should be some sort of increase. So be aware of that. Now, doesn't mean that we should see people panic selling or people um, just just you know work with their accountants to go over options. Keep in mind this is a proposal, so it's not a guarantee at this point. But it does bring up the conversation because the fact is. The government is printing a couple of trillion more dollars into the economy. There's all sorts of these wild proposals that they want to do in terms of infrastructure, in terms of relief, uh, and so on and so forth. And so at the end of the day, they have to figure out ways to pay for this, even though a lot of it may be, quite frankly, somewhat unnecessary spending. And you may also ask, like, where is that going? So I think, in my opinion, several things will happen with this. I don't think it's going to be this amount. I think it does bring the dialogue in place or for something, in my opinion, likely somewhere in between. But what this will also do is they may impact individuals that live in more uh, expensive, uh, costly states. So perhaps California, New York may have more people considering options of what they want to do for this reason. But of course, time will tell. We'll see how this plays out. This is all very new news. I know some people have sent this to me. I appreciate you sending me this article. I will continue to track it as well. But I don't th- I don't think it's going be I don't think it's going pass at this at this level. I think it'll be somewhere in between. Um, the other thing as well, if you think about it, one last thing about this is the, the, the reality is I don't think people understand like the people that are earning a lot of money aren't really paying too many capital gains. They have it just basically on paper assets. I mean, look at some of the richest people in the world. They're not selling anything unless they wanted to do it for some other projects. But it's just like, it's just paper gain. So maybe there's a regressive tax that they can pull money from the wealthy um, if it's over a specific income. I mean, there's all sorts of these interesting uh, tactics uh, that are in discussion. So we'll see what happens. Still a lot of unknowns, but don't I wouldn't make too many drastic changes at this point. Bay Area COVID migration may be slower than expected, but moves may pick up post-pandemic. So one of the articles here that I've been saying it for a long time is there's been a lot of uh, interest for people from the Bay Area moving to places like Austin, Phoenix, Denver. Uh, I'm surprised Portland than Seattle on this list. I think for Seattle, a lot of people tend to go back and forth. I actually have some clients coming from Seattle. A lot of people live in Seattle when they're younger and then once they want to have a family. Um, the quality of life in terms of like the sunshine and just the general mood becomes more and more of an impact. So there's interesting enough, there's people coming from Seattle to the Bay Area. But the reality is that a majority of people have actually not left the Bay, uh, have not left the Bay Area. Now they may have left San Francisco to other places uh, all throughout, but it'll also be interesting to see the migration that has happened is that temporary. We all know a lot of people have moved, but will they come back? And that's going to be what time will tell. Now, if they come back and we already see what's happening with prices, imagine what that's going to be like with all those people coming back. So, there's going to be, it's going to work both ways. And if it does, if they don't come back, you've already seen the results as well. It may not be as intense, but I mean, if people do come back uh, in droves because of offices and things like that, it's going to be even more wild, uh, given these are only people that are local that have really just, uh, settled down and have been here for some time. So something to be mindful of. It's not a negative thing. If people come back, um, in the sense like the prices will probably just skyrocket if people do come back. And if they don't, then we should still see probably a slight increase, which is what we're seeing over the months. And that we'll go over at the end of the show, uh, East Bay mall to become mixed use site for housing logistics center. So, So uh, East Bay Mall to become mixed use site for housing logistics center. The world's largest industrial landlord has purchased struggling hilltop shopping center in Richmond. For those that you might remember that mall, it's been there for a long time. And so I I see a lot of these opportunities where they may want to redevelop a lot of these mixed, a lot of these spaces. Now it could be, it's a prime area for logistics, right? But then I think it'll be really expensive to be a logistics center. But if you think about a mall I mean, these are prime locations next to highways, next to a lot of probably other commercial spaces. So what I see happening is as as certain malls and certain strip centers kind of lose out of place, then I think there's opportunities, hopefully that we'll see that there'll be a lot of redevelopment of the space, along with a lot more housing. That is my bet that will happen for a lot of these that are struggling. But then you also see, on the other hand, there's a lot of centers that are doing very well. For example, Santana Row, uh, Valley Fair. I mean, look at all the new developments that are happening there and all around. Check it out if you haven't. It's incredible and amazing to see. Look at the other Hilltop Shopping Center in uh, San Mateo. Like, that's in- completely renovated, beautiful place, lots of uh, stores all around. You have like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, everything all around it. So I suspect that'll be the happen. That'll be the case where you have a divide of two. Those that are struggling will be torn down, redeveloped, um, and then those that are doing well will continue to do better than ever and charge more premium rents, which is what they're already doing. And they're and they don't have a shortage of uh, people going in because you just go see it. It's still incredibly busy for what it is. Next. Sunnyvale uh, real estate mega deal makes Google big developer neighbors. So uh, as mentioned previously, NetApp had moved locations and they had actually sold and owned these buildings, which is where Google is at. Sunnyvale is a prime location altogether for Google as it's where it continues to expand given Mountain View has been very limited in terms of any future growth. And so the play for most companies is Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale is that intersection for a lot of companies. For those that you know, LinkedIn, Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Apple, all those giant tech companies have merged there if you think, if you just look on a pure geographic perspective. So hence why Sunnyvale is a very popular spot. Hence why there are large developers. In this case, uh, Tishman Spire paid $365 million for just seven parcels in northern Sunnyvale. So really interesting to see, um, but this will continue to be a case, especially as uh, all these big companies really value that corporate campus feel. So I suspect there'll be big moves. Now the question is, does Google end up leasing this space or what will happen? I think that will time will tell, but do not be surprised. That may be the likely outcome. Sales of luxury homes skyrocket in first quarter. Affluent Americans taking advantage of market rates mortgage rates, work-from-home flexibility. We have seen this across the board. I mean, in their case, Redfin defies luxury homes as selling for an average of 975000 Uh, As you all may know in the Bay Area, I mean, it is it is luxury across the country, but not so much here. Uh, however, the people that have the income here can certainly afford way more than this, way more than $2 million, many way more than $3 million, quite frankly. However, at the same time, what's interesting to see is that if they have the ability to afford this money here in the Bay Area with their income, and because some have their work from home flexibility, really depending on the company, then it makes every other market pretty wild. And so a lot of my friends uh, and my coworkers that are in, let's say, Austin or in Miami, it makes it very, very difficult for the local people to buy, even though the local people work at you know, Dell and these other tech companies out there. Because if they're truly able to just use the same income that they have here and buy a home there, I mean, it's, it's wild, which is what's happening already, right? Austin has increased 30 to 40% in one year. Uh, it probably won't be as mad of a rush, but it, it's also hard to determine uh, if it will slow down much either. So it's just a, a byproduct of people in the Bay Area or people in New York. Uh, to be able to buy in other areas. And at the same time, they may just be buying a secondary home. And so at that point, they need—they don't really care as much of wanting to shop every week. They just want to settle down, find a place, move on. That's the whole reason why they found another place to begin with. So really interesting to see, but the data shows for itself. Last but not least, mortgage rates dropped below 3% for the first time in months. I would say use this as an opportunity to refinance for home shoppers to take advantage of this market right now uh these fluctuate all the time while the long-term trend likely will be um an increase in terms of uh mortgage rates there may be occasions that it will drop like it is today so use this as an opportunity to refinance if you haven't done so use this for an opportunity to potentially buy it's a little bit harder though to time the purchase side of things but it's something just to be mindful of, of like these Low dips and low amounts don't happen, don't stay in for a long time. So take advantage of it if you haven't already. If you don't know, my wife is a mortgage lender as well. Happy to do refinances there. But it really depends on what your current rate is and and we'll figure out a game plan from there. Okay. And last but not least, let's take a look at the market data. So San Mateo County, 174 new listings this week. It is a drop of what it has been in the last couple of weeks. It's about a 10% drop. But look at the contingent pending of $199. is higher than before. So I suspect prices will probably end April, even though we only have about a week left. I suspect it will probably be a little bit higher. Um, That's my bet for single family, but nothing crazy, as you can see. It has kind of leveled off from March, even though it's been a big increase, 20% increase in the last two months. Condos, townhomes, on the other hand, continue to increase uh, as people go back into the local cities and local areas let's take a look at Santa Clara County. Santa Clara County. I mean, look at the number of new listings, 593. For all of you that are complaining about the lack of inventory, I'm going to call BS on that. The reality is, as you can see, there are a ton of properties on the market. If you're not finding anything, it's because your search parameters are not accurate. That's the problem. It's nothing to do with the amount of properties. This is like I mean, this is this is already 30% higher than pre-COVID. I mean, how much more do you need? So the reality is for your search in Santa Clara County, if you're not finding much, you need to change your parameters. It may be because as you can see, the prices have increased pretty substantially over the years, or not even over the years, sorry, over the months. So that may be the reason why you're not finding much is because you need to either change the budget or change the scope of what you're looking at. Because you can see condos and townhomes have also increased, throughout the months. So that's the main problem if you're not finding anything. I'm telling all of my clients right now in this market, you should easily be finding at least eight homes to see a month. Otherwise your search parameters are way too uh, tight or they're just not realistic because you see there's not an issue there. Alameda County, look at this, incredible. I actually looked at the figures this week with another client uh, that is looking in Alameda County. Uh, these numbers are true. There is no typo when it comes to this. Very steep increases when it comes to single-family houses. So be wary of that. That is something just to expect um, in Alameda County as you compete for single-family houses there, especially because the price per square foot there is much lower than across the bridge. At the same time, you can see condos and townhomes been relatively flat, um, has been an increase throughout the few months, but has actually been a drop since uh, a March. So much less competition for condos and townhomes. Contra Costa County, incredible growth, as you can see as well. I mean, these are staggering numbers, continues to do very well. It is a little bit lower than what we had saw last week, but continues to be just really, really incredible growth. I mean, look at this. In the last three months, what is that? That's a $200,000 medium increase, so that's about a... Uh, 27% increase, 27% increase in the last three months. Pretty incredible to see even condos and townhomes have done very well, uh, over the last few months. Let's wrap up with San Francisco, San Francisco. I went, I I went back to San Francisco for the first time in a long time Had a great, wonderful birthday party events. Great to see people get together again, vaccines being rolled out. It's, it's, it's always good to see and good to see just kind of a a different level of kind of attitude in the area. But you can see single-family prices have increased in San Francisco. You can see the the continuous trend upwards. This has also been a pretty hot market, too, for single-family. We're talking about about a 20% uh, increase or so. Actually, sorry, this is a little bit less. This is about a 10% increase uh, over the last few months. Condos, though, have been relatively flat. As you can see, there was a pickup in the winter season but now it's been relatively flat. So not too much crazy activity there, I, but I tell clients, hey, look, if you're looking at a condo, it's it's not a bad time. I mean, relative speaking, because everywhere else has increased by a lot, but at least in this area, it's been relatively flat. You have a lot of options and it's been a bit, it's been a popular discussion point for a lot of people as they want to get back to the city. It's a great opportunity for those that want to live in this city with some of the lower prices that they have seen, especially relative to the rest of the Bay Area and for the rest of the uh, country altogether. Doug, thank you for tuning in. Uh, always good to hear from you. Hopefully, I'll be able to help you with your uh, home sale in the future. And uh, so it wraps it up for this one. There will be no show for next week because I am going to Cabo. So I'll be out from Sunday to Friday. No show next week of course, I'll be around. It'll be a mastermind. It'll be a lot of fun out there. I got my second vaccine shot. So, um, me and the wife and several others will head out to Cabo for a real estate mastermind, but I appreciate you tuning in as usual. If you have any questions, let me know, but I will see you in two weeks. Have a good weekend. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of this podcast. If you like this show, please be sure to leave a five-star review for wherever you have searched for it. And if you wanted to talk about your real estate goals, feel free to reach out at any time. You can email me at spencer at spencer or give me a call or text 408-223-5493. Talk to you soon. Have a good one.